Hey, I'm Tim. And I'm Drew. And this is the Hearts and Hands Podcast. In Season 2, Episode 19, we talked to Brandon Steenbach about the new normal for churches. Welcome to another episode of the Hearts and Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Babbler, joined as always by my co-host, Drew Sonnenberg. And Drew, we on the podcast this week are talking about how the landscape of churches is changing, not just being an in-person thing, but being digital, a lot more focused on content creation. And that's one thing that's a big part of your job, right? Yeah, especially throughout the this whole pandemic, I kind of amped up the amount of stuff that's being created. And one of the things I've had a lot of fun doing are some music videos that we've been creating. But the thing that's been most fun is that I, I'm not limited by much of anything. You know, most weeks when you're a worship coordinator, especially at a smaller church like I'm at, you're kind of like, okay, who's in town this week? Who hasn't sung in a while? Who hasn't played in a while? That sort of thing. And, and that kind of determines who, who your, your band is or whatever. But uh, especially this past week, I, I really just kind of let myself go. And we we did this ska version of a, a song that I co-wrote with my buddy Tim Rose now. It's called I Will Serve Where My Savior Calls Me. And it was super fun because I like if there was a part I needed, I, I reached out on Facebook and said, hey, I need someone to play trumpet. I need someone to play trombone. I need a drummer, that sort of thing. I need some guys to sing gang vocals at the end. Tim, you helped me out with that. And it it just worked. It all came together in the end. Um, and there's people from, I don't know, like six different states, I think. And yeah, it's just, it, it's fun that that's something I wouldn't have thought of doing before the pandemic, but now I can't imagine not doing that. Yeah, and those are things that are just, it's so fun for us as creators to, we've begun to explore new ways to reach people. And we got to talk to Brandon Steenbach about that uh, this week on the podcast, and uh, he's got a lot of great insights. So let's get to that uh, interview now. Today, we're excited to welcome back to the podcast, a friend of the podcast, Brandon Steenbach. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, guys. How's it going? Pretty well. Brandon, could you reintroduce yourself for those who may have missed your former episodes? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, so I serve at St. Mark in De Pere on staff uh, along with Tim Babbler. Uh, so Tim, nice to talk to you, uh, my coworker and friend. Oh, yeah. And on staff, my role is staff minister of young adult ministries. So really, I get to work with kind of our, our 18 to 30, 35-year-old and, and young families and that kind of thing. And trying to teach teach how to do good family life, how to kind of navigate the world that we live in and deal with just a constantly rapidly changing culture and how to meet that with solid biblical teaching. I'm a bit of, bit of a self-professed theology nerd. I'm actually currently studying for my, my second master's in uh, uh, theological studies. And then I also write for Bread for Beggars. Well, it's great to have you on again, and thanks for uh, being here with us. Yeah. Now, Brandon, as part of a ministry staff, you know as well as anyone that the landscape of of church is changing. The landscape of how we do worship, how we communicate with our congregation and with our community is changing. Yeah. And really a big part of that is because of what has happened with this COVID-19 pandemic and things like that, where churches were forced to go online and not hold in-person services, and many of, of which are not back yet to in-person. 
Yeah. How do you see things uh, starting to to change, and what's going to be that impact for people in the creative community? Well, you know, the thing that was really interesting to me is like right away, as soon as you know our churches started closing their doors and we started to to kind of hunker down at home, um, what I was noticing was how quickly, it just rapidly, we're exploding with digital content. And I mean, I think that was with every sector. It wasn't just the church, but you really saw that from our churches. And I, maybe that's just because I run in a lot of those circles. I was seeing all of my pastor and ministry friends um, were just coming up with all kinds of different things, online Bible studies, uh, video devotions. You know, they were trying to figure out how best to do online worship. And, you know, I think a lot of people were struggling because they were not ready for it. They were not set up for it. They didn't have the technology in place to do it as well as they had hoped they could. Uh, But they just, you know, made the most of what options they had. Um, I've seen some creativity in the ways, different ways that, that some guys have been doing it. You know, not everybody's trying to replicate the in-person worship environment. They're trying to come up with different ways to get the word of God to people and get solid teaching to people in a way that that is comfortable for them sitting in their living rooms. Now we've kind of gone through several weeks of that. And really, I think in a lot of ways, the churches that um, you know were committed to that path have figured out a lot of the ways to do that well. And they've kind of worked out some of the bugs for their systems. And now suddenly we're starting to open back up, right? We've got churches all over the place that are starting to have in-person worship again. And what I really hope is that we don't see this from a digital perspective as just a blip in the road. You know, I hope that they don't say, well, okay, we did a bunch of cool digital stuff, but you know what, now that we're back to in-person worship, we'll just leave all that by the wayside. Like, I hope that we've learned a lot of good lessons about how much we can do when we're working in this digital environment. One of the things that I really noticed is how church, uh, or I should maybe say spiritual life and connection to church life went from being, a, uh, for, for a lot of people, a once a week thing to an everyday thing. You know, suddenly there were daily devotions, there were daily uh, video opportunities, people were watching multiple sermons a week. You know, there were musicians who were doing concerts, um, you know, multiple evenings over the course of Bread for Beggars. Uh, and Drew, I know you were involved a lot in helping to coordinate that through Bread for Beggars to bring musicians up onto the the, uh, the social media platforms for us so that almost every day we'd have something that we could be watching. So I really hope that that stuff doesn't doesn't come to a close in any way. But I think as we move forward that we want to make sure that we continue to use the tools that we've developed that we uh, that we don't lose sight of this connection that we're we're making because I've found for myself in my ministry that I've had some mean, very meaningful connections that I've made that I probably would not have made if we had had not had this situation happen. You know, people that I've had a chance to talk to or to interact with online that I just never had before. You know, that I never had that connection with them and never. Uh, <clears throat> had the opportunity to reach them with the word under the, and that I, you know, and I wouldn't have unless we were both sitting in our homes <laughs> trying to find a way to communicate about God's word at a distance. So one of the things you mentioned was how you hope that these things don't go away, like all these new th- methods people are trying. I know that not every church is suited to fully staff an online campus per se, but I think what you said is important. There's uh, benefits to that moving forward. What sorts of things uh, is, and this is a weird question because I'm also on ministry staff, but what sorts of things is St. Mark doing to help 
maintain an online presence to help creatives get their, you know, on the digital stage, as we, as we say, to continue to reach more people. Yeah, well, you know, at, at St. Mark, I, I think, and and maybe you you would maybe be able to reflect on this even better, Tim. I don't know, but uh, I, I think that we're we're starting now at St. Mark to come into an understanding of the importance of of creativity in the arts. I'm not. I don't want to say that St. Mark didn't didn't have uh, you know an open door for that in the past, but that it wasn't necessarily as much a part of our DNA as it was. Uh, you know, we were very we we're very focused on the idea of presenting a, a an alternative to maybe the traditional Wells congregation and that we use a lot of contemporary music and we will say, you know, we'll ask ourselves the question, what is the best way to? So we're willing to do just about anything to reach the lost uh, short of, of violating scripture, obviously. Um, but I think that in the last couple of years since I came here, we've seen St. Mark kind of moving also in the direction of saying, hey, you know, the church used to be a curator for the arts, and maybe St. Mark has a role in playing that as well. Um, but what we've been doing at St. Mark, you know, is is we had, before the pandemic, set up great online streaming for our worship services. We were in the process of really refining that. And the pandemic just forced us to to bring the quality as high as we possibly could. And we're going to continue doing that. But then, Tim, you know, you and I, we started doing songs and stories. And originally we were doing that as just an, just an in-person, in-person small gathering, uh, kind of just sitting around and doing some worship and then telling stories of God's grace. And, I, you know, it was giving me an opportunity to um, kind of tell tell God's word in that storytelling way that is is a little bit unique and different. Um, but then as we the pandemic started, we started doing that online instead. And I think that what I'm gonna, what we're gonna see happening down the road is we're gonna continue to provide that online, but also be available in person. I think we're gonna have to find a way to make a hybrid there, where we can uh, stream what we're doing while people are also sitting there in the room with us. And I, I just see that as getting that out to even more people because now not only do we have the energy of a group of people that are worshiping with us, which is just an awesome thing, but then on top of that. Uh, anybody who can't make it can still catch it online and 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 they won't be missing it. Kind of that was what the problem that we had before, right? Was where people would say, Oh, I really want to come to that thing, and then they would forget, and then it would be another month before it would be available to them. And so this just means that it's that much easier for them to be there. Um, we've been doing the the digital pub thing, which is a few other members of our staff um, and myself, we've been going online once a month and having or uh, a couple times a month, I should say. And having a great conversation about some deep theological topics. And we're going to kind of do the same thing where we hybridize that, where there's in-person and online happening both at the, the same time with that process. So some cool things there. But then I also think that as we move forward, you know, uh, Tim, you kind of mentioned the idea of why, why is creativity or why are the arts going to be so important to this? And I think that has to do with the fact that, number one, uh, you know, without so many concert gatherings and the opportunities to to, to get in-person live music in our lives, um, people are really starting to love what they can do online, where they can pull up a video that an artist has streamed live and maybe or maybe just put, you know, on their Facebook or Instagram or whatever social media platform, that they're able to pull that up and just watch that and enjoy that as a family at home. And it's bringing that music, and it's doing so in a in a very personal way, right? Like if I go to a concert, if I if I don't want to pay for the premium seats that cost me a hundred dollars, I might be so far back that I can't even really make out the the singer's face, or barely can, you know. And while it's great to be there in person, it's still there's sort of an impersonality to it. 
And then I, but then when I'm sitting there, you know, online and watching their concert and I'm able to interact, I'm able to comment. There are other people we can talk with each other. We can chat with each other during the concert. Um, I can talk with my family and friends who are in the room with me and I'm getting to see that artist face to face. And there's this authenticity too, right? He's, he's open. He's got his, his home open to us. He's like, this is my basement. Here I am. This is the way I live. Uh, my family and I, we listened to Andrew Peterson read through his uh, first two books in his Wing Feather saga. And it was just really cool because it was every single day. It was, okay, here's what we did as a family around the house today. Um, and now I'm going to read you part of my story. And, you know, there were people who were just connecting with that. But I also think that uh, part of the the thing about this is that the, the, the pandemic forced us to slow down as a society, right? It, it took all of the busyness away from us for a while. What I really, really hope is that we don't go back to the breakneck pace that we were at, you know, where families felt like they had to rush from thing to thing to thing. And every night was some practice or two practices or three practices, depending on your number of kids and how many activities you're in and going all over the place to, to meet all kinds of obligations and feeling like they really never have time as a family and people never have time to pursue meaningful hobbies. And so we end up doing nothing more than playing games on our phones. Right. I really hope that what we end up doing is saying, hey, you know, somebody uh, learned how to make bread. Now we're going to really, you know, they've been spending time studying how to make bread in a, you know, at home in a creative way. Keep doing that. Right. And other people have said, hey, I learned an instrument. I'm going to keep learning that instrument. Yeah, keep doing that. Don't go to the point where you're like, now I no longer have time to do it. For myself, um, I've been doing more writing. And spending more time writing stories, which is a very solitary experience in a lot of ways, which also means that it's really easy to not do it because nobody's forcing me to do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not sitting in a room with somebody saying, well, come on, write your story, buddy. And and so having the time to do it has been really good for me. And I don't want to go back to a time where I didn't have time to do it. Uh, you know, but I, I think that that's what we need is we need that example of, hey, we can stop and take the time to slow down and do the activities that really bring out our creativity and bring out our personality and bring out what we were made to be. And let's not go back to the times when we didn't have the time to do that. On a, a slightly related note, you you brought up earlier how once once we all kind of went into quarantine, there's just this flood of digital content that came that, you know, people could watch multiple sermons in a week. There is Bible studies every day, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as things start opening back up and we get back to, to more in-person things, do you feel it's important for, for churches and for anybody really creating content to to be a little more judicious or or think about what are the sorts of things that should continue or should we just keep having such a a flood of things even when uh, we can get out of the house? Yeah. I I mean, I think that that's a good question. And, and I I think that everybody has to be, uh, you know, kind of look at their own situation and make a, a, you know, a good judgment call there. But uh, one thing that I noticed that I started to feel very quickly, uh, probably probably within a, a week or two, and my wife reflected on this as well, is kind of a content fatigue that can happen, where you know we've got so many things available to us to watch. You know, every single night I can watch something. At first, it was very refreshing. It was like, oh man, I'm longing for some connection to things, and and man, yes, it's all there. I can I can do this. I can watch this stuff. I can be watching this stuff all day, and it's all and I'm never running out, and it felt good. But then after a couple of weeks, it was like, okay, I, I've got so many people that I want to watch. I feel like an obligation to watch them because they're doing it, but I, I just can't keep up, 
because I just want a night where I'm just sitting quiet and I don't have to be like, oh, wait, the live stream for this guy is starting at seven. Wait, but there's another one starting at eight that I want to watch, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> and so on the, then on the flip side, being a content creator, I mean, I've been doing every weekday, I've been, been doing a, a video devotion, just I'm calling it morning coffee. We, you know, it's a chance to share some coffee and God's word first thing in the day, uh, in the same way that your ener- your coffee energizes you. Well, maybe God's word energizes you a little bit too. And so come together. But honestly, there have been a lot of days where I've been like, all right, <laughs> time to make this video again. And it's not that I don't love it. I, I mean, I love it. I love ministering to people that way. It's a good thing. But, you know, then when on top of that, I've got other things that I have to create, it can start to feel like, man, I'm just creating, creating, creating all the time. And we don't want to burn ourselves out on that. And so I think that, yeah, you know, as we get into a phase where there's less and less time that people feel they have to consume, we can also say there's less and less need for us to create. But what, you know, what it really comes down to is the the statement, less is more. Maybe that just means that what we do instead is say, okay, let's narrow the focus a little bit. And if you're a content creator, create something that's really excellent and maybe you don't do it as often as you have been during the pandemic. Uh, maybe you don't create as much as you were. But what you do create, work on making that the best thing it possibly can be. Okay, so um, where maybe if you were a musician who was doing like, you know, three or four live streams um, of just playing your music and stuff. Hey, that was great. Thank you for sharing that with us. But now maybe you want to say, okay, I'm going to really refine that down. And it's not just how many songs can I play and how much content can I provide, but how can I just create one really good experience where I just been like this once a week, I'm going to just share my music with the world and I'm going to do my best to prepare for that well so that I can do give the best music that I can, you know, for, for myself when it comes to my story writing and stuff. Maybe I, you know, I don't need to pump out story after story after story, but maybe I can just say, I'm just going to zero in and focus on just this one story and really make it the best story possible. You know, the the thing, and I'm thinking about this as a story writer because, you know, that's what I am. But the thing that's kind of unique about that different maybe from music or or visual arts is that uh, a lot of times it's very time, time heavy and you get it out there and then it's now how how, (laughs) you throw it out there and it's like, how? how do I know if somebody's really going to enjoy this? You know, the reaction is a lot slower. Um, I was just listening to, I think it was Pete Peterson was talking about this on a podcast that I listened to called the habit. And, uh, he, he was saying that when you write a book, it's sort of like you throw it out in the wind and then you just wait and you're waiting for, you know, however long. And with, with short stories, it's the same thing. It might take a few days before you start to see any reaction to it whatsoever, because it takes people time to read something. And uh, it's a little bit easier for people to react to a piece of music or a piece of visual art because they can see it right away. They can react right away. And uh, so, you know, it still means, though, that we just have to look at what we're producing and say, how can I make this the best thing possible? Not the most stuff, but the best stuff. A lot of people have been throwing around the phrase the new normal because it's clear that we're never going to go back exactly to the way things were before this whole thing started. So in in light of of there being a you know quote unquote new normal what do you think that really looks like for churches then specifically when it comes to what they were and and what sorts of things they should be doing or should continue yeah i mean i think that before the pandemic right the uh the typical approach to to ministry was very much about in person and digital stuff was you know it was starting to become more and more popular but it was still kind of this idea that was like well that's not 
really, you know, getting getting to people. I, you know, things that are face to face are what where it really happens. And I think through the pandemic, we learned that we can reach people with God's word in a lot of awesome ways using digital tools. And so I think as we get into the new normal, I think we're going to consistently see this hybrid where where things are are produced that are both available digitally and in person or where um, if we have one event, we're going to make sure that it's live streamed or we're going to have more stuff that's digital and less time spent face to face with people. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to predict too much about how that's going to turn out because we're just getting started coming back. Um, but I do think that, you know, for myself, having now spent the last several weeks working in my basement rather than working in uh, my office over at church. Uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed is that that for a while, I was getting a whole lot more done in my basement than I was in my office at church. And it's partly just because when you're here, you know, we've got all the staff around and stuff. We're getting up to grab coffee and chit-chatting with somebody or or touching base with each other uh, in in each other's offices. And and by nature, we'd start just talking about other stuff and going off on different tangents. Or, or people drop their head in to say hi. And, see, you know, so you're kind of constantly, you know, going through those phases of work hard and then interrupted and then work hard and then interrupted. Whereas at home, it's been like, I was just focused. And if I've got to talk to somebody, I'm going to set up a Zoom meeting. We're going to get on that. We're going to get through it. And we're going to get out because we're tired of sitting on Zoom meetings with people. So, you know, things were happening much more quickly for me at home. And so I'm I, in some ways, I'm kind of like, I'm not eager to get back to sitting in my church office all that, that much. You know, I want to be around our fellow staff a few days a week at least. But I don't necessarily want to spend all day sitting there. Um, I, you know, I might want a couple of days where I'm at home really getting stuff done. And so maybe part of the new normal is that we see each other through screens more often than we see each other face to face. What I really do think is going to be part of the new normal, especially, is just that where people have gotten into a habit of uh, viewing things online, not just on Sunday, but throughout the course of the week, where people have gotten used to connecting with uh, digital engagement for devotions and for small Bible studies and stuff like that. I think that that stuff's going to keep happening. So I'm kind of excited about that in some ways. I also have some fear or or maybe just a little bit of recognition that I I think that we're going to see our churches are going to be smaller or our gatherings are going to be smaller. Part of that will be just because uh, there's still concern and there will be concern for at least another year here, if not longer, uh, about the health risks of being in large groups of people. And so if you go to a large church, you're probably going to see that it's going to be a long time before you're back to gatherings of five, 600 people. You're going to be, you know, 100 to 200 probably for a very long time. And if you're in a smaller church where you had maybe 50 to 100 people in worship, you might only have, um, you know, 30 to 60 in worship for quite a, for quite some time. But I hope that that means that more people are going to engage with their small groups, spend time with that that uh, authentic community that can happen when you're just in a group of maybe 12 to 20 people and or, or, or fewer even, and you've kind of got your tribe. That's one of the things that my wife and I have talked a little bit about, which is that we think that down the road, we're going to see people choosing their tribe a little more cautiously or judiciously. That is that you'll have your small group of people that is like, these are the people I spend time with, and these are the people I do life with. And I mostly avoid any large gatherings that, uh, you know, have lots and lots of other people. But I see these people, these small group of people, a lot. I see them often. I get together with them more and more often because um, they're the people that I'm choosing to do life with and choosing to share my germs with, you know. <laughs> I mean, at some point, finally, I might just say, yeah, you know, this uh, this uh, this 
uh, virus might start spreading through our small group, but so be it. We'll all get it. And we'll all support each other through it, and that'll be okay. But at least we're choosing to do it with that small group of people. Uh, so I see that happening too. I don't know. Next week, I'm going to be attending a conference that actually has exactly to do with this. It's being hosted by Carrie uh, Newoff and the Unseminary Podcast. I, I'm kind of eager to see what the the wider group of Christian leaders uh, are finding out, what they think is going to come out of all of this. Awesome. Well, Brandon, we we always appreciate you having you on the podcast. You always have very thoughtful insights, so we appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, glad to be here. That wraps it up for another episode of the podcast. As always, if you've got questions you'd like answers to, people you'd like to hear from, or you want to come on and tell us about the things you're creating, feel free to reach out to us at heartsandhandspodcast at gmail.com or on any social media platform at Wells Creatives. And we'd like to say a big thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash heartsandhandspodcast. We appreciate all the support you've given us throughout the life of this podcast, and we look forward to continuing to create more content for you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.